Loki season two trailer has released Sony delays, Barbenheimer updates, secret evasion rankings, and a super scroll draft. Everything you need to know about the universes you love right here on the direct podcast. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome to another episode of the Direct Podcast, Season 2, Episode 44, the Dwight Clark episode. I mean, come on. I mean, who else would it be? Yeah, I don't know who else it would be. (laughs) Um, We are here, Episode 44. I'm your host, Phantom Story, Matt Rimke, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Colts fan, Senior editor at the direct.com. And for the people in the back, that is the direct.com, Mr. David Thompson. David, how are we living, man? Happy Monday. Uh, it's, I'm living well, dude. I'm happy to be here. Uh, happy first week without secret invasion. Sadly, something to kind of celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be in your ears on the direct podcast. And I think you said Dwight Clark, Dallas Clark. What what I, I, think you meant. I think he said Dwight Clark, but I, I got really... what you were saying. And then I'm like, wait, that's not his name. Do you know who Dwight Clark is? No, he's the tight end that made the catch uh, oh. in 1980 Super Bowl. Joe Montana. Is he also number 44? I don't think so. I don't think so. But his <laughs> name is Dwight. Uh, it is 7.50 a.m. where I'm at. So I'm OK making that mistake. Dallas Clark, still the most underrated tight end of all time, did not wear gloves. And one of the most fun players to watch that's ever worn a Colts jersey. So, yes, there's that. Um, it's very excited. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited we're here. Colts drama aside, you know, just, just putting that off to the side just a little bit. I'm very excited for football. And for those who are new to this podcast since last football season, just know when it starts. That is something that me and David are going to discuss um, pretty regularly. Um, at the top of the show, not a ton, but you know, me and David, we see each other once a week. So, like, you know, we're gonna catch each other on Monday and be like, hey, how about this game? How about that game? It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. Quick show notes, uh a uh, little housekeeping here, upcoming schedule this week. No, no reviews across the board except for a Loki season two trailer, which we are very excited to discuss. But next week we will be returning to the review season with. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Very excited to talk about that the week after that. In preparation for Blue Beetle, something that we're excited about, an origin movie draft. We're going to draft the best origin movies across the comic book movie genre. And then the week after that, of course, Blue Beetle. And then after that, David, we're back. Ahsoka. And it's very exciting. I got to know. Where are you at on your Rebels watch? Have you started? Have you do you have a plan to get going? I know this this is homework for this show. So I'm wondering where you're at as a Star Wars fan heading into Ahsoka. Yeah, this is everyone's favorite question right now uh, heading into Ahsoka because it's like, well, all right, right, David, you know, it's time. Uh, It is time. And I know I have not started Rebels yet. I plan on it soon. I plan on doing some. Probably my strategy is going to be, you know, kind of sometimes in the background, depending upon like kind of what's going on in life. I'm just trying to crank through some of the less essential episodes from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Right. Not everything's like, 
you know, super full of meat and Star Wars right. goodness. Uh, probably crank some of it out while like on a treadmill or something. So it's like I'm going to sure. do something as I go. Um, but yeah, the homework will begin very shortly and I will get it done before Ahsoka. But I just haven't dove in quite yet. Want to finish right. up a couple of other like shows and things I want to watch before just taking that step to really just go full throttle, crank through it and then get ready for Ahsoka. And what's weird is like this is even less like Star Wars culty. Like, oh, you have to watch Rebels; it's really good. Ahsoka is so going to be season five of Rebels. You know what I right. mean? Like, it, I, I, it's, it's strange. I do feel like people are going to be lost if they haven't seen or aren't familiar with Rebels. But I assume Dave Filoni is aware of that and will make steps to make sure that happens. But have Jack Pews point out the most essential episodes for you. Sit down for those. That's a good yeah, one. yeah, exactly. That's a good time. Well, that's enough of the housekeeping. We're very excited for the next month or so of shows as we head into the fall. Um, But until then, let's dive into it. Everything you need to know about the universes you love. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. All right. Secret Evasion is behind us, and we are moving forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Loki Season 2, Season has arrived and it's very exciting stuff after a teaser poster last week a new poster today we also got the official trailer for loki season two i'm on pacific time now david so that thing's dropping at 6 a.m it's yeah pretty crazy i'm not gonna lie to you um i i rarely am asleep when these things drop and it happened to me today it's exciting stuff. Um, here we are, Loki season two trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, pause. Come right on back, and we will be here breaking it down. But uh, David, let's start with the biggest takeaway. Biggest takeaway you have from this Loki season two trailer, highlighting again the tone, a little bit of maybe what we got going on, and the return and introduction of a lot of pretty great characters. To me, my biggest takeaway was we're back. Loki season one is my favorite Disney Plus MCU show. And it feels like this season of Loki is just taking it up a level. It doesn't feel like we're going to need to meander around the TVA and figure out what we're doing for a while. We are just hitting the ground running. We got a lot of the characters coming back that we've already seen from season one. They could be variants. You know, I love the fact that this is a proper is this? Are only season two, right? Uh, in the MCU, so yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting fact and an interesting direction for this show because it does feel like you know a television series that has recurring characters, but are those characters the same characters, right? A show that's filled with variants and different timelines. To me, I think maybe my biggest takeaway was how cool time slipping looks and what that's going to mean for the future of Loki and the future of the MCU in many ways and how this is all settled because I don't know if they're planning a season three, but I imagine whatever happens in season two of Loki is going to have a big impact on the future of the multiverse saga because in many ways, Loki was the catalyst that begun every began everything that we've been watching in multiverse of madness, quantum mania, No Way Home even, and so on, if you really want to kind of point to something. Loki is such an essential piece of the MCU, and it feels like they're ramping up the action, ramping up the energy, and ramping up the chaos, it seems like as well, in Season 2. So I am super excited. I I loved the trailer, and I cannot wait to see more and finally get there in October. 
yeah, that was kind of my, you know, overall takeaway as well. It, it does just, just makes it feel negative, but it's just more Loki. You know what I mean? Like this, it just seems like more of a good thing, which is very exciting. Um, what I'm really, my biggest takeaway from the trailer overall is how they managed to, in a very classic Loki trailer, you know, and we have to remember, this is like a first three MCU Disney Plus show. So us at the direct, like every single person who works there has broken down every single frame of every WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier and Loki trailer, because that was really the start. You know what I mean? That yeah, was yeah, the ramping yeah. up of us actually covering live events, uh, live things happening on the show. And my biggest takeaway is how, you know, within all the energy and editing of the trailer, they still managed to highlight the thing that I think outside of WandaVision uh, really separates Loki from the other Disney Plus shows uh, from Marvel Studios. The relationships between Loki and so many other characters is really what drives the show. Obviously, the mystery, the intrigue, the suspense of season one is what we remember the most. But at the core of all that is Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, is Tom Hiddleston, Sophie, Sophia DiMartino, is um, Ravonna Rain Slayer and Owen Wilson. All these different pairings. Um, oh, I forget the name of the Ravonna Rain Slayer actress. I feel Me bad. Too. Yeah. Goo. Go, is it Goo Goo something? It's something like that. I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> it, it is something like that. Um, but I think the yeah, Kimmy Goo Goo. Or, uh, yeah, Goo Goo and, and Batha Raw. Yeah. She's great. She's coming back. I'm very excited for all of this. But it, they managed to have a handful of great uh, chemistry pairings in Loki season one, along with a very good amount of supporting characters that we enjoyed watching. The fact that that seems to not be lost in the mix into season two is really what drives me because the mystery is gone. The suspense won't be there as much, obviously, yeah. with time slipping and kind of the race against the clock that this show seems to be showing off. That's going to be a different kind of suspense. But some of the magic from season one inherently won't transfer over um, as much. But as long as that chemistry is still there, I do think that that's really what's going to drive this. And, you know, just a couple more twists, a couple more turns. And we got a great season two on our hands. The big question, you know, it's it's a bummer to talk about. Sure. But Jonathan Majors is back. He is um, they they reuse the clip from the Ant-Man uh, Quantumania post-credit scene to show Victor Timely. Just the coolest fucking name, dude, for a Kang variant. Victor Timely, come on. Um, he's there. He looks fantastic in the hair. I'll say it. You know, his hair does look dope. The Einstein afro he has. <laughs> but I love I love any time they do like the old timey afro with the big cut down the line there. The, yeah. It's almost like a part in the afro. Um, your he was very briefly in this trailer. He still seems to be Loki's endgame um, in this. So, you know, he, he, how do you see Jonathan Taylor's uh, Jonathan Majors Kang working out through season two based on what we've seen from the poster and the trailer being very minimal? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, the one article I've written this morning about the Loki trailer was focusing on Jonathan Majors and just his appearance in the trailer, what that means, where we're at in his legal battle. So check that out. Obviously, the direct.com been writing about it over on there. I'm not going to get into too many of the details on, you know, what's really going on with Jonathan Majors right now and kind of where his career is at. Generally speaking, though, Disney's been quiet on this front in terms of Jonathan Majors as Kang. 
He was just in Assembled. Um, he is now in the, he's in the trailer. To me, I wasn't sure he was going to be in it. As I'm watching today, I was like, is he even going to appear? You know, and apparently he's supposed to be in at least three episodes. Maybe that'll be reduced. It does feel like there is a cloud of, over the show right now, which is Jonathan Majors, you know, the current legal battles going through the possibility that he will be recast once Loki is finished, depending upon, I guess, how things go and what Disney wants to do. So for me personally, look, I think Kang, the character, was the best part of Quantumania, you know, and I think going forward in Victor Timely, all these other variants, it'll be very interesting to see what they are supposed to be setting up in Loki, because if it wasn't for what's going on with Jonathan Majors right now, I mean, Kang, I think, would be maybe one of the biggest talking points of this series and of this upcoming or of the trailer that we just got. But obviously, reduced role in the trailer, probably the more we would have seen. And possibly that speaks to a reduced role role in the actual show after they edited some things out, possibly. I'm just speculating, but we will see. Look, I it doesn't really temper my excitement too much, but I agree with you where it's like, it, I mean, this is the big bad of the MCU right now. All le- all roads are going to lead to him. We even get a shot of the, you know, the Citadel at the end of time uh, in the trailer, which is really cool to see. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It's like all broken and shit. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Look, I'm I think people are really curious and I'm one of them to see how they're going to handle this in the actual show. Um, but I think they have to just they got to just do what they got to do, man. They got to tell the story they're going to tell. I hope they don't take any kind of, you know, they don't cut anything out that really messes with the story too much. And if you need to recast the actor, you recast the actor later. And it is what it is. And we all get through it. And it's a bad situation. But we move forward. So we'll see. Um, but I am so excited for this show. And I cannot wait to see it. And just Hiddleston looks amazing. I just, I love, like, just moving forward. I love how Hiddleston is still in the MCU. Like, it's been so long. And I just absolutely adore him in the role. And I'm so glad he's been given this kind of out of time version of his character to play around with and i love season one and i'm gonna love season two so can't wait he's one of the best and uh just you know from an update standpoint jonathan major's court case is supposed to be this week so there there's a big possibility we learn a lot this week about the actual situation in question here and that could determine a lot of what goes into loki season two and afterwards you know what i mean there's still the possibility that you know jonathan majors was innocent in all this and now that doesn't mean that he's completely you know in the right across the board especially in the eyes of disney but this week we should learn a lot so i have a feeling we'll be updating uh the situation again next week but we'll keep you on ear for that very exciting uh you're the god of mischief and i always have been come on man let's go let's go it's 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 so hype it's great love having him back Another uh, update in the red brand in the Marvel Universe, but on the Sony side of things, amidst the writer and actor strike, Sony has cast a array of delays um, on its upcoming slate. And here are the new dates for the upcoming Sony Spider-Man Universe movies. Madam Web, starring Dakota Johnson, will be um, February 14th, 2024, Valentine's Day, a day of love, which is important. Um, Venom 3. July 12th, 2024. People are wondering, where's Craven? Craven's supposed to come out in two months. No, no, no. Craven, 
August 23rd, 2024. Just five weeks after Venom 3. And then the big one, uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse has been delayed indefinitely with no release date in sight. The actor and writer's strike was pinned as the reasoning for that. But anybody who's been following along knows this movie was never coming out uh, this year, next year anyway. So uh, Spider-Verse is delayed way down the line. Let's start with the Sony Spider-Verse movies. Uh, Madam Web, Venom 3, Craven, all set to release within five months of each other in 2024. David, seven months, sorry. David, your reaction to three Sony Spider-Man movies in 2024. It's crazy. Um, I don't think they have anything to do with each other, but this is what Sony's been doing. You know, this is what they've been uh, creating and producing over there are these spin-off Spider-Man character amalgamation shows. I don't even know what you want or, or films, I guess, not shows, uh, but shows, I think, coming soon with Silk or something like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, Craven getting delayed 10 months is wild to me. I, I get why they would delay it, but it's it's hilarious. They're going to release Venom 3, which is filming right now before Craven, because let's look at it, right? Venom 3 is now in a more ideal spot. It's in early July. That's a really good time at the box office. We're seeing it right now, by the way, Um, in 2023. Venom's a big hit. The first one especially was a massive hit. Um. Obviously, Let There Be Carnage, COVID, I imagine Venom 3 will probably make more money than Let There Be Carnage. At least Sony's hoping so. Madam Web, I actually like the marketing for this. Look, we haven't seen anything yet, but the fact that just the, based on the cast, right, this female-led cast, Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, Valentine's Day, I could see all that working, right? Maybe it isn't kind of a love story. I have no idea what they're going for in this movie. I have no <laughs> idea what it's about, but if... I, I, I kind of am getting a an inkling, right? They're switching yeah. it forward to Valentine's Day. Is there some kind of romance? What demographic are they shooting for, right? Are they trying to get some of those Barbie numbers to come in? Everyone dressed up as a uh, Madam Web Madam going Web, out to the movie. Red leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure they're praying for that. But uh, yeah, I, I it'll, it'll be very interesting. We'll be there for all of them. Will any of them be good? Over, under, one of them being good. I might take the under, but that's okay. okay. Hard under, easy under, easy <laughs> under for me. Um, this Valentine's Day, grab your loved ones and go check out Madam Web. Um, whatever these movies suck. I don't think I. I think okay. You want to uh, give me give me an over under? All right. Over under, two of these movies actually actually release next year. Over, yeah. I really, think, I think. Yeah, I think I actually think all three of them will release next year. They got Craven coming out five weeks after Venom Three. I just don't. I just it's it's so weird that Craven was supposed to come out in a month and a half, and now it's coming out almost a full year later. Yeah, um, after two more Sony movies, it's 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 insane. But you know, much like all these Sony movies, like I got to see a trailer before I know like just how not excited I am. But right. that I, I will stand very firm. Sony Spider-Man universe has shown me nothing to get me excited for what's coming down the line. And um, that's going to continue until maybe I see our girl city Sweeney up there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting by the way, because brave new world captain America four comes out two weeks after venom three as of right now. So that's a very Marvel filled July of next year. I can see my prediction. If, if venom were to be delayed, and I think that would be the movie that is delayed. Right. 
if it's delayed, I think it goes to October, which has been right. the normal month for Venom releases. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, that makes a lot of sense too. what you just said. Um, the next big question, Spider-Verse, Beyond the Spider-Verse, the third of the trilogy being delayed indefinitely with no date. Like I said, anybody who's following along knows, but if you haven't, these movies take a long time to make because of the care and love that goes into every single frame. And there's been disputes between the designers and the directors as far as how much care and love should go into every single frame. And um, with that takes a lot of time and back and forth and all those different things. So um, Spider-Verse getting delayed indefinitely. No one is surprised, right? No one. The first movie came out in 2018. The second movie came out in 2023. That is five years between the two. Now, this one is a part two, so maybe we can assume it's going to come out a little quicker than uh, the sequel did. So, David, my my over-under question for you here, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, the third of the trilogy, over-under 2026 release date. Not, not, not coming out in 24, 25, maybe, 26, over-under. I take I would take the under. I would take okay. the under. I, I'm going, I think it will release in 2025. Um, just because they were so bullish to the fact of putting this at a March 2024 release date initially. Now, was that realistic? No. Mm-hmm. And no one and, and literally reporting at the direct.com, we'd always kind of it, at least when I was writing, you would say <laughs> when it was releasing, you would write down, right? March whatever, 2024, but it's like Probably not, right? A, a, <laughs> date, <laughs> a date likely to be moved, you know, yeah. <laughs> likely set up for delay. And here it is, indefinite. To me, kicking the can down the road a little bit, it does seem like a push to 2025. And holy shit, 2025 could be incredible um, <laughs> in terms of superhero movies. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think it, I don't think it gets, I don't, it may get to 2026, but I think a big part of it is. Look, like you said, so much goes into these movies, but they need the writers, the actors, they need everything to be on top of Beyond the Spider-Verse. And I think they've done a good amount of the movie so far, at least like it's not completely they're not starting from scratch by any means. Right. Like when they went to make Across the Spider-Verse, it was a part one and a part two. So there are the foundation is laid, but these movies take a lot to completely Mm -hmm. wrap up. So, yeah, I think it'll go to 2025. I'm hoping spring 2025, and I'm sure Sony would want that, too. But we'll see, you know, and these movies continue to be delayed. And like, you know, this is the first big drop, right? This is the first big drop since the actor strike went into play of a studio delaying, shifting a bunch of their movies. We'll see what follows. But I think depending upon when that strike ends and both strikes end, I suppose, then Sony, maybe early next year, will go out and put a date for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Because these, you know, everyone listening, you see these studios, Disney, Sony, Universal, Paramount, they throw, the, Warner Brothers, they throw these dates out there, you know, especially since COVID. Do they ever really stick? Sometimes, you know, but they want to plant their flag in whatever prime day. Right. They're they're not just releasing movies on random days. They don't just put a, a random order generator and just pick out a day. Right. These are strategically placed. So they want to kind of put their flag in. And I could see sometime soon ish, like I said, early next year, them putting a spot for Beyond the Spider-Verse. And it's probably going to be a very busy, jam-packed 2025 
theatrical release window. Yeah, and I think that, you know, another big part of this is that this isn't just a delay, even for strategy's sake. The the strikes can be directly pointed to why these movies are getting delayed. Like, yeah. you need Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, Russell Crowe. Crow, sorry. Uh, you need ATJ and Russell Crowe promoting Craven. So, I like, this is an understandable series of delays, but it just means that, you know, it's hard to speculate really any definite dates for anything just yeah. because we could get another round of these if this thing goes on even a little bit longer than people suspected. And I think, especially after COVID, studios realized delays, box office numbers have been down for sure since COVID expected in the just kind of the idea of what it did to movie theaters but i don't think i think studios are realizing like delays aren't any sort of reason box office numbers might be down that is not something that people get too hung up on um you know especially with these big tentpole ip franchise movies that people are going to go see anyway if you're going to go see any of these spider-man movies you're going to go see them whenever they come out it's not really a date situation so amongst all of that Three Sony Spider-Man movies in 24. Spider-Verse, whenever. Let's put that to the side for a second. We're expecting Phase 5 in the MCU to wrap up in 24-25. You know, somewhere in that range. And then Phase 6 begins 25-26 into 27, where we're expecting the multiverse saga to end. Currently. Could all be pushed back. Yeah. Where do you see Spider-Man 4 fitting in here with Tom Holland? And trying to get him in before Kang Dynasty or with all these shifts, you know, is there is there a window you see a Spider-Man 4 fitting in organically? Is it near the end of phase six or do you think maybe it's an earlier phase six project? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think Sony is definitely going. I mean, look at them. They're, they're pumping out these Spider-Man Sony-verse films, right? The, these spin-off movies. I think they have a real sense of urgency soon. I think once the strikes end to green light a new live-action Spider-Man MCU Tom Holland film. Um, sitting here today, I would think 2026. I know that's now the release year for Kang Dynasty. Um, I think it's May 1st, 2026, um, for, I think, yeah, I think that's the latest date for Kang dynasty because everything shifts. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, look, I think Sony in the near future, and it probably will be after the strikes obviously now, but I've been thinking that we've heard comments, Amy Pascal, Tim Rothman, talk about we want to bring back tom holland we want to bring back zendaya which is like a whole other debate but we want to bring to bring the band back together to make a spider-man 4 in the mcu this is a huge this is a very complicated situation where they need to now renegotiate what that means the the studios working together there's a chance they don't work together so i guess you kind of pump the brakes a little bit in terms of this will if this will even happen but i think both parties disney and sony will want it to happen. And I suspect this has no inside information. I'm just speculating here. I suspect we hear something early next year about a Spider-Man 4 by Tom Holland directed by whomever uh, coming. And that may not release until what would likely then be 2026. So that that would be my prediction. If it comes before or after Kang Dynasty, I don't know. Reports would have you think it would be before. But obviously right now, Everything's up in the air. 
but I'm sure I guarantee one person, Tom Holland wants to be back in a Spider-Man movie because pretty much every project he does outside of Spider-Man hasn't been a big success. Critically, audience wise, Uncharted was pretty good, but I know his recent Disney or uh, Apple TV Plus series was a bit of a flop. So I'm sure he wants to get back into being Peter Parker and I want him back as well. So we'll see. But that is kind of the big the big one coming down the pike for Sony, especially wrapping up what's now a Venom trilogy, which is crazy to think. Right. Which, you know, I'm not going to ding them for getting the third movie in on that. You know what I mean? I, I'm bummed they're making every one of these other movies, but I get make your money on Venom. It's Tom Hardy. Um and I don't know. I, I just saw this video. I don't know how old or new it is. So if it's an older video, I apologize for being late to the game. But shout out Tom Holland for getting sober. You know what I mean? Congrats yeah. to him. Good luck on your journey, my man. I You know, it's not an easy one, but um, we wish you the best. And that's that's always good to hear somebody trying to improve themselves. David, let's get into it. Barbenheimer. Have you heard about it? Have I've you heard, heard about, about the Barbenheimer. <laughs> um, this thing keeps moving on. It's very exciting. These movies are making a ton of money. And um, it's 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 just like last week. Everything everything we heard last week has continued into this week. Um, it's going to be interesting when it slows down. The Barbie reviews, the more the the more people who didn't see it week one that come see it, or, you know, it's getting a little tampered down. Oppenheimer's, I think, stayed the same, but they're both still massive successes. David, why are these movies making historic runs at the box office? Give me the numbers. Why is because they're both really good and a lot of other uh, a lot of other other variables as well. But yeah, so weekend two, weekend two was massive to put it plainly. If weekend two's numbers had been weekend one's numbers, it still would have been a success. And that is probably the greatest thing I can say about these movies so far. So weekend two for Barbie. This is domestic. $93 $93 million, only a 42.3% drop. It has now totaled up to $351.4 million domestically. It is approaching uh, $800 million globally. And soon it is going to be the second movie of the year to pass $1 billion. And that will be exciting. Um, Barbie right now is on pace to be the biggest movie of the year, passing Mario, which is incredible. It's doing wonderfully internationally, which is to many people, actually the biggest surprise of all, um, like domestically kind of buy into it, right? We, we kind of see it, we live it, but internationally it's doing phenomenal, you know? And I guess that just speaks to the brand of Barbie Oppenheimer R rated three hour Christopher Nolan biopic. Unbelievable. $46.2 million in its second weekend. It's second weekend. It's dominating at, um, PLFs premium screens. And it was only a 44% drop. Uh, it's now up to $174.1 million total domestic. It is the second highest earning biopic ever globally, now passing $400 million total. Um, will it reach American Sniper? I don't know, but we will see. And I know they just extended uh, Oppenheimer playing in IMAX screens, which is exciting. That's a big draw. And it's something cool where Barbie is kind of the movie right now. It set the record last week of first movie with or like, you know, the highest grossing movie without an IMAX screen where Barbie is that movie you go see on any screen, anytime and have a wonderful time. Oppenheimer, you plan for you plan ahead. And there are still 70 millimeters specifically uh, screens that are sold out 
upcoming, you know, that are still happening because people are anticipating going to see it, quote unquote, the way it's supposed to be seen and get beyond just the movie itself and the quality of the movie, experience something, right? Experience something cool, technology. And that's also a driving force behind these numbers. And yeah, Barbenheimer in general, it's past a billion now. It's unbelievable. It'll never happen again. And I'm excited we're living this history. It's good stuff. It's always fun to see. It's um, the Barbie being the highest grossing movie movie of the year passing Mario. is just such a fun way to look at kind of the evolution of movies taking not not a step forward, I wouldn't say, but a, a step to the side from superhero IPs or action driven IPs such as Jurassic Park and um, things right. like that. But Barbie and Mario being the two highest grossing movies of the year, I don't think I, the Marvels and I guess Dune um, and <laughs> that's a whole different conversation that we need to be having. But um, I guess those are the only two movies left uh, in the year that could compete in any sort of way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that those are the only two movies that have any sort of billion dollar potential. Dune, way less so than the Marvels, but still. The fact that Barbie and Mario are going to be the top two grossing movies of the year is so awesome um, for movie theater fans, just because those are IPs. Like, those are franchises. They just haven't been movie franchises. And the evolution yeah. of that, it's 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 fun to see those two movies being really good. One of them for kids, the other one for women. Uh, it's women forward for sure, but also just everybody's loving Barbie. Finding finding a way to adapt IPs into these amazing movies is kind of what I'm seeing as far as trend, and um, it's exciting seeing Oppenheimer. I mean, it's just great. It's just good stuff. The idea of them releasing a IMAX 70 millimeter Dark Knight uh, in theaters. Need it, want it, gotta have it. Barbenheimer, doing great. Um, let's move on to another project that isn't doing as good. Let's dive into it. Another ranking segment here on the Direct Podcast. This time, Secret Invasion. Director Fury, the council has made a decision. I recognize the council has made a decision. But given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. All right, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to our MCU rankings. One last time, we're going to chat Secret Evasion. We're not going to keep you long for our full thoughts on the finale and also the entire show. Please check out our review last week. It is the finale um, is the worst Rotten Tomatoes scored Marvel Studios thing ever. Um, and Secret Evasion is officially in the bottom four for the MCU on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Um, it has not been received well by audiences or critics, and today we are going to rank it. Um, really quick, David, let's dive through some winners, losers, and top plays for the whole season. First, let's start start with losers. You know, neither of us really like this show a ton. Um, the finale, even more so. <laughs> um, so I guess let's start with losers and get it out of the way. Who is your biggest loser from the entire season of Secret Invasion? I'm gonna go out there and say Amelia Clark. Not that she was bad. But the fact that this is the character that she's been dealt as Gaia, the Super Scroll, the ultimate hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that no one wants. Right. I kind of feel bad for her. I, I feel like she's getting a lot of grief online and it's not her fault. It's her character's fault. It's their vision's fault. But I guess the whole Super Scroll thing and leaving Amelia Clark where she is for the future of the MCU 
God dang, when we were talking a few weeks ago and Matt, you had that wonderful prediction about her being Abigail Brand and getting the other counterpart to, you know, whoever Gaia was basically acting as, right? Shapeshifted as, and she could be Abigail Brand and it could be this cool new thing and she could be a part of Saber. And what we ended up getting, this god, right? This super scroll godlike being. And now we're going to be quote unquote excited to see Amelia Clark return in the MCU. That's the biggest loser because going into this show, I was so excited for her to be introduced. I was so excited for her to be in the MCU and maybe have a future. And she does have a future, but I'm not excited about it. So that's my biggest um, loser. My biggest loser is also a character that I'm not excited for the future of, and that is Don Cheadle's James Rhodes. Um, again, not that Don Cheadle was bad at any point in the show. I thought all the acting was great. Um, but with Armor Wars being turned into a movie, uh, probably close to a year ago now that I think about it. Um, but yeah. Armor Wars is going to be coming down the line, we think, um, as a movie. And people were excited to finally have maybe Rhodes get the shine that other characters have gotten. One of the most underused characters from phase one, um, that is still in the MCU today. But I think that the decision to put his scroll swap in 2016 as opposed to at least post infinity war if not post blip um really just sets my excitement back for any future james rhodes projects because no matter what we're gonna have to address james rhodes not being there for infinity war in game the blip sam being captain america tony dying all these different uh uh happy and stark tech all that stuff, all the things we were excited for Armor Wars to potentially be now have to be backed up and we have to address Infinity Saga events first. And I think that in a world where everybody's looking for the MCU to make the push um, and finally get past the Infinity Saga and make their own way in the multiverse saga in a significant kind of way, going back to phase three is not something I'm genuinely excited about, especially with James Rhodes, a character who didn't have a lot to latch onto to begin with. And now half of that has been cut. So my biggest loser is going to be James Rhodey Rhodes moving forward. But we will see how that is all addressed. I do like the idea of White Vision being a part of this in a big way, though. That could be really fun. Um, yeah. Biggest winners, Secret Evasion. Um, this this show was not without some awesome moments, awesome performances, and a few different drops of things to get excited about if you want to find them. Um, unfortunately, it all came to a head in a very conclusive kind of way. So any any little things to get excited about, not as much. But um, who's your biggest winner coming out of Secret Invasion? It's, it's interesting because I would say my biggest winner of this show is simply Samuel L. Jackson's performance because that's what got me back every morning, right? Every Wednesday morning, turning on the TV, watching it. Hey. At least I got some Samuel L. Jackson in my life. You know, I think he's a great actor. I think he performed very well in this show in terms of what, you know, the different kinds of furies that we got in terms of shape-shifting, you know, those those few moments. Um, I really enjoyed episode one of this series, and that's, I'll just keep saying that. I enjoyed the opening episode, and that's pretty much it looking back. You know, I think they had so much, so much greatness to go off of there. And they just messed it up completely. So Samuel Jackson, I'd say, is my big winner of the series. And that shouldn't be too much of a surprise where it was his series. 
Nick Fury is not in that equation for me, but the actor Samuel Jackson, I think, did a wonderful job and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, my my winner's in the same vein. It's going to be Nick Fury moving forward because, plain and simple, he's back in kind of the role that we're most comfortable with him in as that, like, sidekick isn't the right word, but, um, you know, the Mr. Nobody. Yes, I like that a lot, actually. It's the Mr. Nobody in the Fast and Furious franchise, that character. That is coming back. Uh, Nick Fury, you know, he doesn't need a cop. Or, he doesn't need a cop. He is the guy yeah. um, heading into the Marvels. I think having him back in space is a great decision just because if if you didn't, we'd be asking why um, having the the one one line at the very end of the show um, mentioned a Kree scroll treaty. I think that can set up. Um, the the villain in the Marvels a little bit and yeah. Carol Danvers a little bit of insight on what's going on and just you know not not letting the show get in the way of the Marvels I think is the biggest winner which is unfortunate because I wish there was something else. Um, looking back though, you know we talked about performances, we talked about story, we liked the performances, we didn't like the story. What about some of the moments throughout this show, David? What is your top play from Secret Evasion? I mentioned earlier. Easily for me is Maria Hill's death at the end of episode one. The shape-shifting Grobic, God, the fear it's struck into everyone, right? Shift, 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 all these different people. Suddenly, he's Nick Fury. He shoots Maria Hill. What a just jaw-dropping gut punch to open up the series. They blew it, but I think that was a great opening to the entire season and of Secret Invasion. It was a real death. It had consequences. It felt real. It felt genuine. Pops up. Special guest star Maria or uh, Kobe Smolders killed me. So yeah, that is far and away my top play of the series. Good stuff. Mine's going to be that uh, car ride between Nick Fury and Talos as they kind of discuss their history together. And it's so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's buddy cop. It's friendly, but also combative. It's the first time somebody's told Nick Fury, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, which, which is a cool <laughs> thing. Like, like there have been two people who have given Nick Fury the business. It's Maria Hill and Talos, which is cool, which makes Talos's death being very much cast aside by Nick Fury. Not obviously, you know, well, you don't know what happened off screen. They didn't address Nick Fury and Talos's death. Not one bit, not for a second. And that really bums me out. But that moment, their friendship, very cool. Uh, looking back, I, I'll, I will watch Captain Marvel more fondly after this show, which is a very exciting thing moving forward. Because it did do a lot for the it did a lot for the Captain Marvel uh, brand, which is weird because her not being in it is one of the biggest omissions. Because man, that could have done a lot for this show. Just having Carol Danvers somewhere a part of it. Anyway, let's rank this thing, David. Um, do we it. haven't done. It. We haven't done MCU rankings in a while. It's been over a year since She-Hulk first debuted. That's not true. Almost a year, though. Almost a year. Um, So we're going to put What If and I Am Group to the side as Marvel Studios Animation, which could be dead. Um, (laughs) Nine nine live-action MCU Disney Plus shows. Give me your one through nine and highlight where Secret Evasion falls for you. Wait, there's nine live-action? What am I missing? Oh, uh, I put the... I'm sorry. I have Werewolf by Night in there. Oh, okay. I have Werewolf by Night, but not the Guardians Holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was how, say, that's how hold cleaned on. up my list is right here. Yeah. So eight, eight live action okay. shows. So okay, uh, yeah. give me your one through eight and uh, highlight Secret Invasion when it comes up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll wait till the end. 
Um, number one for me, Loki, um, favorite so far, Miss Marvel could have been my number one. If it had kept up from episode one, love that show. Falcon, the winter soldier, number three, Hawkeye, wonderful show. Number four, number five, WandaVision, the, I would say Disney plus series that kicked it all off and is maybe the most defining that and Loki moon Knight wasn't a huge fan of had some good moments in number six, she Hulk at number seven, which I was not a big fan of. It wasn't for me. But finally, Secret Invasion is my number eight. It is my least favorite Marvel Disney Plus show simply because it had it set us up with so many promises and it fulfilled none of them, left me upset. She-Hulk wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and there's maybe even parts where I'd be more interested in rewatching Secret Invasion, sort of. However, She-Hulk was self-aware and had a vision and executed that vision even though it wasn't necessarily for me. So that's why Secret Invasion goes below She-Hulk, just in terms of execution. Well, there you go. So, uh, Secret Invasion falls at number eight for David. My rankings, one through eight. WandaVision, number one. I think it's the third best thing Marvel Studios has done since Endgame, right behind Guardians 3 and No Way Home. Um, it's it's my show. Hawkeye at number two. I think it's perfect. Miss Marvel at number three. I think it's wonderful and fun. I love that character. Loki at number four. I know I'm low on that. Not to say it's not great. Falcon Winter Soldier at five. She-Hulk at six. I think I respect the hell out of She-Hulk. It isn't prestige television in any sort of way, but for what it is, I really enjoy it. Moon Knight at seven. That is one that I'm really down on um, overall. And then Secret Invasion at eight. Now, I I can see myself putting Secret Invasion at seven and Moon Knight at eight just because Moon Knight just really got worse and worse for me um from episode one to the finale i don't think it got much better anytime week by week whereas secret invasion i think had a very steady line for five episodes and then tails off at the end i think the average um score i guess i would give each secret invasion episode is going to end up being higher than moon knight but it's the way that Secret Invasion was so just even for so long and then falls off a cliff for me in the finale. It just tanks it. And it's it's a bummer. I, I'm not going to think back on Secret Invasion fondly. Um, and the biggest thing is what's coming out of it. Because coming out of Moon Knight, we at least have this character that is fun to watch. We love Oscar Isaac and the intrigue of the whole split personality thing is exciting. Coming out of Secret Invasion, I really don't have anything I'm super jacked about. Other than Nick Fury, which I've been jacked about since 2008. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's been a long time. I've been excited about Nick Fury. Secret Invasion did nothing to help that. But, you know, that's where we are. So Secret Invasion, our least favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. I, go ahead. It's the one thing we, we agree on. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, Marvel being a top three show. Yes. Not a lot of people have that going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, but... Um, I said it last week, and I'm going to stand by this. I think it's the biggest bust in a comic book anything in a long time, just because of how great it could have been. The hype that the Marvel fans had for it and the cast that it had, where it ends up is, I think, just huge Jamarcus Russell-ass bust. What's crazy is that I would say Quantumania was a bust, too, and that was this year as well. That's Phase 5 as well. You know, only James Gunn has done us right in quote-unquote phase five so far which i think is worrisome heading forward yeah i mean you know we're three we're three projects in so yeah. like i'm not i'm not hitting any which used to mean a lot now it's like nothing exactly and quantum mania <laughs> as much of a bust i i think it was based on where we wanted it to be solely based on jonathan majors mind you 
there's a lot of redeeming qualities in Quantumania, whereas Secret Invasion lacks a lot of that. And also, Guardians is pretty fucking great. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your MCU Disney Plus rankings. And speaking of Secret Invasion, one last one last trip around the sun. Let's talk about the Super Scroll thing, and let's make our own. We're going to build a Super Scroll in the next direct draft. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to the Direct Draft. It's a very exciting time here on the Direct Podcast. We don't have a movie review for the first time in a long time, and we're here drafting things. I'm your host, Matt Renuki, joined, as always, by my co-host, David Thompson. And, David, we brought in some big guns to help us with this draft. We brought in the man, the myth, the legend. He is the host of the Lights, Thunder, Action Podcast, actor, cosplayer, an all-around just good guy. One of my favorite brains in the comic book movie space, ladies and gentlemen. TCR himself, Thomas Carter. Rochester. How we doing, buddy? Hello, hello there. I'm doing great. Look at your beautiful face. It's yeah. been so long. You know, you could go really well with a mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really fun idea, Thomas. If I could grow one, I could. And I've tried <laughs> many times. So, like, bringing that up is a really sensitive topic. So I don't know why you got to be mean I'm, as soon I'm, as we bring you on. <laughs> I'll give you mine. I'm considering growing mine out. I don't deserve that. <laughs> you you do. don't deserve it, Matt. You are worthy of the stash. <laughs> I'm thinking about growing out my beard. I mean, I haven't in like very, very long time. It's like an attempt to because I don't grow very good facial hair, but I'm gonna I might try in October and then like see in November if I just shave it all and leave the mustache. We'll see how mm. it goes. We'll see how it goes. I love the idea. And that's what happens when you bring TCR onto the direct podcast. The ideas get to flow in Thomas. Love having you on, buddy. Like I said, you're one of my favorite brains in this space. You know that. And that's why we're having you here for this exact draft. But before we get into it, how have you been? What have you been up to? What is your world looking like right now? Ah, man, it is looking hot and sweaty. It is Florida. We were heat index of 98 or 99 yesterday. We were on the beach for six hours just playing volleyball, getting wrecked in volleyball. But it's fine. We got over that fast. Yeah, we were we were we were in the danger zone for sure in a competitive <laughs> competitive court. Uh, but it's I've been good, man. Been working the day job, working the night job, working the side job, teaching yoga, acting, uh, voice acting. I have a lot of VO auditions lately, so I've been pretty pretty blessed and grateful for that. Yeah, man, I'm I'm ready. Like I'm ready. I have so many thoughts, more thoughts than is probably healthy for a single person to have in a lifespan. And I have them in an hour. So <laughs> you, you love to see it. Uh, Thomas, you're ready. I'm ready. David, you're ready. I'm ready. Born ready. He's ready. Born ready. Lance Stevenson. Here we go. We are here today. David, this is my first draft of like two, three months, I think. It's been a while. It's been a while. I wasn't here for the movie star draft. So this is my first time back in the draft saddle. It's my favorite thing we do. And I can't wait to do it. So what we're doing today is we are building our own super scroll the secret invasion finale has come and gone the super scroll idea is one of the hottest topics in the comic book movie space the mcu went the route of giving the super scroll every single power in the mcu we are going to adjust that we are going to take a different path and build our own by building our own traditional super scroll within the mcu for those who don't know that means four powers from four different characters and one super scroll. The original 
Super Scroll. I'm going to keep saying his name over and over and over. I feel like the original Super Scroll, the four powers of the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, Human Torch, the thing. Obviously, those are those guys are not on the table. Well, some of those guys aren't on the table. Something to think about. But we will be taking characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and applying their blood given powers. The four categories we'll be going off of just to make this a little more interesting. Strength based powers. These are physical abilities that are, you know, hand to hand combat strength based abilities. Speed slash elusiveness, things that make you go fast, things that help you evade. Flying also on the table for this category. Mental abilities, anything that anybody does with their old brain, the old head engine up here. That's what that's what the mental abilities. And then, of course, energy slash magic, things you can shoot at people, magic conjurings you can come up with, all the basic nerdy shit. Um, it's very exciting stuff. It's interesting, guys, because the MCU, known for its groundedness, as I was doing some research, there's a lot of tech-based heroes in the MCU. So, you know, compared to like Marvel Comics, this is a much more narrow uh, field than maybe I thought. Did anybody have any trouble coming up with any specific categories in here? I assume we all have three, at least for each category. But was anybody surprised at how thin certain categories were? I definitely was. Um, I would say specifically mental and kind of magic, but just mentally speaking, I feel like there's not a lot of I'll, if you Google, you know, smartest even or just, you know, Marvel characters with uh, telepathy or all these mm-hmm. different mental abilities. There's not a ton in the actual MCU, but there are a ton in Marvel comics. So like you said, speaking just MCU, I think that's what makes this draft so fun. Also, the fantasy style, my favorite kind of yeah. draft. Where we can pick and choose, right? We go get our guys where we want them, which is so exciting. But yeah, I I was having a hard time with some of these. I'd say specifically mental and kind of the different directions you can take that because it is exciting. X-Men eventually coming to the MCU, how that could expand like tenfold because so many are X-Men characters, are mutants right. that we just haven't gotten yet in the MCU. So it's cool. But I will say the pool of characters and abilities really isn't that vast for this draft, which I think makes this a fun three-person, four-round activity we're doing today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Thomas, we're very excited to have you here, but you're a good friend. You know that? You know, you're a good friend of David's, you're a good friend of mine. And because of that, because you are a good friend, because you're a recurring guest on this podcast, no more niceties. You know what I mean? We're not just giving you the first pick. That's not how it's going to go. So I know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I have I have our names right here in a random list generator, and I will be pushing randomized right now. This is very important because there is one that I kind of like need. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I need this. So I'm very excited to find out. Here we go. The order of this draft will be as it loads. Thomas, David, Matt. Exactly how we would have done it otherwise. Damn it! <laughs> exactly how we would have done it otherwise. Um, oh, man. Interesting. Shit. Okay, all right. So, Thomas, David, Matt, snake draft, four categories, strength, speed slash elusiveness, elusiveness, mental, energy slash magic, snake draft style. You can pick any category you want, but you got to fill up a team. Strategy. Thomas, kick us off. We're building a super scroll from MCU characters, taking their blood, putting them on your character. First pick, go. You know, um, 
I actually disagree. It's you don't have a lot of mental powers in the MCU, but we were discussing how you can play around with the intellect. And my mental list is fat. It's too fat. In fact, I don't know who I'm going to pick because the only person with actual telepathy within their body is technically magic based. And so my, my energy and magic is so fat because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care too much about tech based heroes. Actually. I was just like, I want this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. I'm like, Oh, look at that. They all fit in the same damn category. That is actually depressing. Um, because there's one power that is OP that's only to one person in the entire MCU, and I want it so bad, but it only fits here. But they're not OP enough to outtake Matt's favorite lady, and I'm picking Wanda in the magic and energy category because you've got to. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the chaos magic, the strength, like all the stuff that comes with it. I, again, argue that her telepathy is based on her magic and the way that she plants illusions into minds like an inception, like Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, man, hot, hot in the streets, that Christopher Nolan. I think he's got a good career, that kid. Happy birthday, Chris Nolan, by the way. Um, okay. Yes, today. So, Thomas, the Chaos Magic Wanda, obviously a first-round worthy pick. It's very exciting. Now, clarify real quick. Is Are you taking the mental aspects of it or is this your energy based you know what she can do from a physical standpoint with her magic side of it i'm gonna take the mental side of it i was not clear i appreciate that no 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 all good yeah. all good because that that's where i think she kind of falls into both yeah you know what i mean because like she can hit you with some shit but also she can hit you with some mental shit up here and i think that's a great pick i think that is the scariest pick on here we've seen what she can do in both control but also just like illusion and the chaos stuff like you said i think it's a i think it's a very worthy first overall pick obviously she's my girl so like you know i'm very i'm upset that i can't get her on my team but it's it's one of those like even if it's not your favorite power on the board it's almost like it has to be a first rounder i'm a huge Mm -hmm. fan of it being there david your thoughts on the chaos magic of the scarlet witch going one-on-one yeah, she would have been my 101 if I went number one overall, but I probably would have drafted her under energy magic. So mm-hmm. whatever, vice versa, it all makes sense. And now she's off the board for energy and magic, which I feel like is a really big, I don't know, drop in this uh, draft, which is going to make things very interesting that you can't now draft her under magic when she is the Scarlet Witch after all. Um, and that might affect where I take my first pick. But yeah, I think she... She's one of the most powerful characters, obviously, and I think her unique abilities definitely, I think, warrants a 101 here. Yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. And I think I think both her mental abilities and her energy magic abilities are, you know, top tier stuff. It's just how you want to build your team. It's how you want to build your hero, because I, I do feel like style kind of plays a plays a role here. You know, it's totally, it, 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 you know, at least for me, it could be different for you guys. I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. David. Wanda's chaos magic is off the board. The mental abilities, the uh, the dream catcher stuff, which is all very exciting. So now you're on the board. Your first pick in your build a super scroll draft. Yeah, like I said, I would have gone Wanda in the first round, so I cannot do that. Um, but I've been sitting here thinking, going through, trying to decide which category I want to attack first. I'm going to go speed and elusiveness, Captain Marvel. I think that is probably the best choice under that category. I feel like 
she could be picked under power, but I would rather save that for maybe some different characters. And I don't think anyone matches her in the sense of her being able to fly wherever she wants, whenever she wants, practically at the speed of sound. You know, she is unbelievable uh, in terms of just the quickness that she has, not only on the ground, in the air, and especially in space, which is such a unique ability to have. And I just love the fact that my Super Scroll is, I guess, compared to Gaia in that sense, has that like what we <laughs> what we what we noticed, what we saw in Secret Invasion, right? At the end, like she had that ability. She becomes quote unquote Captain Marvel in the sense that she's now skyrocketing into the air, which I think is such a cool ability. Obviously, you ask anyone, any kid, hey, what superpower do you want to have? You know, flight is totally up there. Um, so yeah, Captain Marvel, speed and elusiveness. I feel good about it at the 102. Yeah, I think that um, Captain Marvel, much like Wanda, could have fallen into so many categories here. And, you know, you mentioned strength, her energy. uh, She could have been drafted in the energy um, aspect as well with the photon blast. But I feel like this is one of those, like, you're not going to find another one of these on this board. You know, flight is actually super limited in the pool that we're taking from here, at least right now. Obviously, when the X-Men get here, it's going to be very different. Um, But I think that, you know, this is, again, another first round worthy pick. Wanda and Captain Marvel off the board in the first two picks. No one's surprised here. TCR, were you hoping to get Carol Danvers maybe on the turn? Was she in consideration at all for your first oh, round? Pick? Oh, she she definitely was. I wasn't sure where to put her because she sits in all four categories, in my right. opinion. Mental speaking, she beat the mind warp. She destroyed a chip inside of her head, what the clones couldn't do in Order 66. Ah. And... <laughs> and on top of that, her tactical her tactical ability is just otherworldly. Um, and I most of my mental list is all about tactics and warfare. So I was like, let me just go off that and just get the the OG. But Carol is the first two characters I thought of when I started thinking about this hammered last night. It was like, I need Carol, and I need Wanda, and then I got all my Infinity Stone baby girls all together. Yeah, it's it's uh, man. I could have built an all woman team here so easily. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, it, the, you, you guys took, you know, two of my top tier picks off the board there. So I don't think I'm going to end up doing that. But like, I love the badass chicks at the MCU. It's so, it's so awesome how much we've gotten of that lately. It's very exciting. Um, yeah. I think Carol and Wanda are two worthy picks off the board first. So it comes down to my first pick. Now, this is an interesting one for me because I traditionally, I'm not a huge fan of like the fictional battle conversation when it comes to superhero movies like like this person's more powerful than this person so they'd win in a fight and I I feel like you know it it can get a little cumbersome like arguing the strength of Captain Marvel versus you know the magic of Wanda and like the strength of one character like power wise versus you know the the magic of another character that kind of stuff it's not my favorite way to approach this kind of thing so what i'm doing here guys i'm building my ideal superhero i'm building Mm -hmm. what i believe is the most entertaining engaging fun to watch i'm going for the coolest match of powers here i'm not i'm not necessarily going for the most powerful in points Mm -hmm. overall i'm going for the best combination of abilities to make the most interesting superhero so i'm starting this off in the first round with what i believe is the greatest superpower of all time 
I think it is the thing that makes this character as elite as he is. And it's a thing that in comics, in video games, in movies, in TV, we have gotten to see this superpower work in so many different interesting ways that is always fun to watch. I'm going to the mental category first. I'm taking Spidey Sense from a young Peter Parker. I think Spidey Sense is without a doubt the coolest superpower, the ability to feel something coming before it comes, to predict um, an attack maybe from somebody, you know, as it's happening, always on the lookout, always on the dodge, no matter what, but also his ability to read the room like we saw in No Way Home. And there's just so many different ways to apply it. So I think as like the first ingredient to what I think is the coolest superhero, Spidey Sense has to be on the board for me. I just think it is the most fun to watch in every medium I've ever seen it. Yeah. Look, hey, you're not going to get me to say yeah. anything bad about that pick. Um, obviously, <laughs> Spidey Sense, that mm-hmm. is probably my favorite superpower of all time, arguably, in terms of like the actual ability, because mm-hmm. I'm such a big Spider-Man fan. And I think what's cool about it in the MCU specifically, right? Because this is an MCU related draft. So you're kind of picking Tom Holland's use of it. In No Way Home, it's on mm-hmm. probably the best display that we've gotten, right? Like in that scene in No Way Home, right. when he senses the shift in Norman to Goblin, how unbelievable was that? Obviously, it has to do with the filmmaking and the, the use of the camera and everything, and just so cool. But yeah, Spidey Sense, love that. I'm excited to see. I love your. And I'm with you in terms of I want my character to be complimentary in terms of the powers that I pick. And I'm excited to see kind of what you're building here, you know, at the turn and, you know, moving forward. Right. Yeah, I, I love, I Thomas, love Spidey thoughts Sense. on Spidey Sense here. I love it. I actually did not think of the Spidey Sense itself as a mental thing. Um, so the fact that you you got it right there, that is that's perfect. That is that's genuinely OP right there. The ability to predict an attack uh that's some jedi shit you know what i'm saying i see where you're going here matt Rimke. <laughs> absolutely i see who you're trying to build um and i'm doing the same thing that's why i'm like you know my my personal favorite type of powers all together in that op i'm trying to build a god essentially i'm trying to gaia the hell out of this which you i see, just you see i'm on the other side of it though i just want <laughs> i just want somebody who's going to watch you know what i mean i just oh I, it, well it can I get want all the above but, yeah, I, sure. You can sure. be a god Ideally, and right? fun to watch. Yeah. Now, now, now that that that's a great, actually a great segue into my next pick. So, with Captain Marvel off the board, I wanted her energy. I wanted the photon blast along with the Spidey sense. I thought that would be a really cool matchup there. But she came off the board a little quicker than maybe I thought she would. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move to. I, I just said I don't. I don't necessarily need my character to be the most powerful but with the opportunity i have here at the turn i think i'm gonna try to get into the race you know what i mean if we're gonna put our people in a three on a three-way matchup here i i think i can compete with my strength coming from thor odinson god mm. I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the uh the muscles made of katani fibers i'm gonna take the half uh it's like a pirate had a baby with an angel i'm taking mm. thor i'm taking the strongest avenger to himself you know what i mean and um i just think it's a it's not as overt 
as some of the other strength characters that we're going to take here. It's a little more subtle, but you know, when he throws someone clear across the county, like he does so often yeah. in these movies, it is just <laughs> so fun. It's the effortlessness that they uh, give Thor in the MCU that I think sets him apart. A lot of these strength characters, it's just, well, he's strong. Well, a lot of people are strong. What makes Thor a little different and I think a little more engaging is he's strong, but he's still able to fight like an army or, you know, be on Earth in a fist fight. And it's not totally crazy to think about um, him being able to manage that and also go fight an alien as well. So it's uh, it's very exciting to get Thor in here and get on the board as far as power goes. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. When I thought of, I only have two characters in my strength. And one of them mm-hmm. at the top was Thor. Because um, right. I, I, like I said earlier, we all know who the strongest Avenger is. We saw the contest of champions and Hulk did mm-hmm. not do super great. Uh, and he also didn't do great against Thanos. And Thor did great and held his own against Thanos twice in two different movies. So, you know, the transitive property of mass says Hulk smells like farts and Thor smells like. Oh. So, you know, um in all in all honesty that's a great pick i was debating on him there or him in energy magic area because i do love me some lightning blasts right uh, i was trying to build an x-man character but i can't do that now it's okay i'll I'll pivot i will uh ross the hell out of this couch and pivot hard pivot. Pivot. david what do you think about that one yeah, I love it. I mean, I will say I had Thor. I have I had three for power and spoiler that might save that one because I kind of can make an argument for any of them in a sense. And but right. Thor might have been if, if I were to take one, it might have been Thor because you can kind of argue for him maybe more than you could for any other MCU character in terms of who they've been beaten by and how. Right. Just in terms of strength. Thor's strength is pretty much untouched. I mean, just look at the movie Infinity War. Good luck making an argument against it. Very exciting stuff. I'm glad to have him on my team. Thor with Spider-Sense. Come at me, honestly. Like, like c- come at me in any sort of way. It's very exciting. David, on the turn here. Here we go. Second round. You have strength, mental, energy, and magic left. Who you got? Yeah, to, to me, um, I don't know. This is easy for me because Wanda's off the board. I'm going magic. I'm going Doctor Strange, the master of the mythic arts. This guy's the best at it. <laughs> you know, this. if I'm going to pick magic, and I don't have that many on my list, to be honest. I don't have a ton of depth at the magic category. I am going with Doctor Strange. Um, I think there's a couple of things I want to point out. Obviously, I'm taking his magic ability, so I get like a ton that he can do. He could reverse time when he had the time stone. Now that's gone. But just the use of like, the mirror dimension, being able to make things move, um, being portals, obviously. There's so much with Doctor Strange and just being able to conjure up energy. I mean, that's not the, I, I guess it, we are in the energy category here. Like being able to kind of conjure things up, using that to his advantage is amazing. Um, obviously, it's not necessarily mental, but the use of magic to confuse his enemies is really cool. And I love the idea of being able to, you know, juke around, fly around, and also be able to shoot out energy and cosmic magic out of my hands um, as Doctor Strange, being able to, (laughs) you know, be able to conjure things, uh, spell cast as I'm flying around. That sounds like a lot of fun to me and be a very fun video game. (laughs) Yeah, yes, it would. Um, It's it's one of those things where, you know, if it's not Wanda, it's strange, right? It's those are the top two as far as like power that you can apply to the magic uh, category here. 
And I think that uh, I know, like you said, it's not necessarily his mental, but one of the coolest uses of uh, Doctor Strange in the MCU for me is um, his use of the astral projection in the Mm. first movie. Because they have that, you know, how did you become, you know, a great neurophysicist or whatever study research years of it. And, you know, how he got um, he's got a photographic memory. That's how he got his doctorate and his whatever at the same time. And when they show him doing the astral projection while he's sleeping, um, it just means 24 seven for however long that was. He was doing nothing but studying. And that's how he, he became so powerful so quickly. I love how they found ways for him to use mystic arts to his to his advantage uh, creative ways to use these spells that people maybe hadn't thought of yet um which is a really exciting thing especially when it comes back and we see wanda doing it um in wandavision and it's just i'm a huge fan of the creativeness of the doctor strange magic when it could just be you know i'm gonna do anything that i need to do at any time um because that's just what i'm capable of doing Haha, Gaia stuff. But um, I just I, I do appreciate how they they were creative uh, with the Mystic Arts stuff with Doctor Strange, and hopefully they can keep on doing that. Thomas, uh, what's your favorite Doctor Strange magic moment in the MCU? Ooh, uh, it's, I don't, it's between astral projecting and traveling back in time. Uh, you know me, I love a good time so situation. Cool. <laughs> so cool, I love time. But uh, astral projecting is something I wish I could do at night so I could also study and work and get things done while yeah, my body rests. Because so cool. it's, it's not like my mind is resting that much while right. I sleep. It's still conjuring universes, going into the multiverse, having dreams of everything happening all at once. It's a fantastic time. Uh, I love that pick so much. <laughs> and it, it just slayed my entire my entire energy and magic category before it got back to me. So now I I'm couldn't up. let Thomas get Wanda and strange. So it would have been tough. It would have been tough <laughs> yeah. to argue because like that, that's where like, no, my guy's stronger than your guy. We can't even have that argument. At no, that. we'd have yeah. no one. <laughs> he would have both. All right, uh, Thomas, man. that being said, yes, you got two picks here. So you do get to double up here. You do get to maybe, you know, take some steps forward with your vision. See, not, not eligible. Cause he doesn't have any blood. See yeah. what I did there? Um, yeah your vision uh, for your super scroll. You got Wanda's chaos magic. What are you pairing that with? I, I'm going to have to vamp myself into a pick here. Cause uh, I, I loved the idea that David brought up earlier about flying and speed and how there's only a couple of flyers in the entire MCU. Um, and then when you think of speed, there's only a couple of speedsters in the MCU. Now in that case, like, Thor himself moves at a fast enough pace to be seen in certain times. So each character has their own speed ratio. Um, and then in terms of strength, I mean, it's not, there's nothing pretty about strength in my personal opinion. And you were talking about how it's like a physical ability, right? How yeah. did you define the strength category? The, the strength category is not necessarily just being strong. It's physical abilities that a character can have. So for example, and this guy's eligible, so I am tipping a pick. So I apologize if I'm tipping a pick that you're about to take, but like Mr. Fantastic would apply under this category because okay. that is a physical thing. He is able Beautiful. to do. Then that just makes this easier. Cause in strength, I am going to pick ghost cause she can physically dip in and out of all reality. Um, and it is a, it is based upon her, physical molecules to appear disappear um and phase basically 
Okay. So, um, you know, we've already talked about how, you know, this can apply to, you know, different characters can apply to different categories. I think it's a great pick. I think it's a wonderful pick. I did have ghosts under speed and elusiveness, though, just because that, yes, they're both physical capabilities, but that is more of an elusive speed related power. That is just something I wanted to bring up. I'm not saying you have to switch it. Well, I'm cool with switching it because I had her. And I had her in every place but mental because I didn't know where the hell it would fall, to be honest with you. I was like, it's physical. It's technically movement because you can teleport in a way. And I was like, but also, like, it's a whole different type of energy within the body. It's Um, very cool. Yeah, it it was the most confusing pick. She was everywhere. She's the only one I have in almost every category. So, David, where? where... Yeah. Do you think the ghost phasing ability falls under? Is it more of a physical capability or a speed elusiveness? Elusiveness. Man, I have a hard time saying that word. Capability. I mean, simply put, I feel like the way I view my understanding of these categories, it would go under speed and elusiveness because that's how it would be used in a sense. Right. You don't use it to overpower uh, an an enemy. That's just how I see it. You know, you use it to to that like. It almost is categorically elusive, right? right. It, that is the whole thing. It's defensive. And, cool. And it adds to your overall character, but I wouldn't maybe categorize it as strength necessarily. Mm-hmm. At least how I'm defining it. So, Thomas, I want to give you an opportunity. Just And again, I apologize to Vito here. You know, I'm, I wish I was more clear. <laughs> you can either switch it to speed elusiveness, elusiveness or switch your pick. I'll switch it to speed and elusiveness because that's how I wanted to use it. it. I was like, it's technically not a thing. Um, Yeah. Now, now I want a ghost. I want to, I think it's such a cool ability. I think it is so much fun to play with the idea of teleporting. Is it really it, but just being able to go in and out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Will I am in uh, the Wolverine origins movie. You know, his was more teleporty, but I think the way they used it in that, I think is just really fun. It's exciting. And um, I can't wait for her in Thunderbolts. I think she's going to be an underrated action uh, element in Thunderbolts. That is going to be really exciting to watch. Absolutely. Never forget. She was at it. She was at the Battle of Earth and Endgame. We just didn't see her. She was invisible the whole time. (laughs) Can't wait to stop talking about this show. Uh, (laughs) But uh, no, no, I'm a huge fan of the pick. It was it was near the top of my speed elusiveness board. Um, So you got. Chaos magic and you got ghost magic. Spooky. Um <laughs> coming into the third round on the turn. What is your third round pick? Uh, and now we come to the supreme mystery of this draft because my top five and the ones that I was like, I need these in energy and magic, they're all drafted. It the only one that made it in that category is strange. The rest of them have been drafted in other places. So I really do love the idea of just shooting some type of energy out of your hands out of mm-hmm. your body um and I, this is this is a future pick here yes electricity you get it, you get it. uh i really wanted thor here because i do love lightning and i still think lightning's the coolest force power we'll argue about that on a different time david uh so the fact that I don't get that is is sad. It's it's very sad. But I'm gonna go ahead and do a future pick here because we've not seen what it is. But there's there's a lot coming up in November that makes me really excited. And I'm gonna pick Monica Rambo with her energy. 
Yeah. Um, and her ability to view the spectrum range, right? She can see things in a different way. Oh, just like Thrawn. Let's go. It's and, dope. <laughs> and then she can also, from what I've seen, is shoot that energy out. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've seen it in a trailer. So that's exciting as well. I love a good distance attack, especially when you can phase in and out of reality and boop, 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 boop. magic, magic, yeah. magic with a kick, magic with a uh, kick. Uh, <laughs> insect. So I, I'm so going good. so good, dude. It's so good. I love that movie. So Are we, am I watching Infinity War later? Probably. Stop uh, it. I will. I'll do it. I ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Monica Rambo, uh, Photon, I believe that's going to be her name, right? That's her. Have they confirmed that yet? All but, I believe. I think it was on a toy. So if you want to take that as confirmation, they yeah, may never totally even true. utter it in the movie, but sure. Yeah. Which we do at the direct.com. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Toys never lie. Toys do never lie, right? They really Barbie. don't. Barbie's <laughs> going to make a billion. Don't. They never lie. <laughs> it's very funny. I love the pick. Um, obviously, Monica as a character, I think, is just such a underrated standout in phase four that people forget about. I cannot wait to see her back. I wish we had saw her back last week. Um, I think that this is something that we've seen be used already in such a cool way. Um, We've seen it used almost elusive isn't the right word, but in a defensive way, being able Mm -hmm. to basically, you know, somebody hits you with a photon blast she can take it in. You know what I mean? She she does have the her energy is being able to, you know, combat other people's energy, which I think is a really cool thing that we've seen. Um, like like the one little taste of it we've gotten outside of the trailers when Wanda has her up and then she lands in her superhero landing and like it picks up all that blue energy and just kind of she just owns it a little bit. So fucking cool. And I cannot wait to see it. David, your thoughts on Monica, uh, what we've seen in WandaVision, but also moving forward, like she's going to be toe to toe with Carol Danvers and also Miss Marvel. How are you seeing, you know, her fit from a power standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think the Marvels in a way could be also called like subtitle the energy team, right? That's mm-hmm. all their abilities. It's some kind of energy, some kind of shooting something out of your body, <laughs> uh, some sort of light, you know, and that's what's gonna be so cool. I think about that, you know, that trio, right? And how they're swapping powers and swapping places in time and space. Like, holy shit, this is gonna be so much fun, this film and like what that means. And I just can't wait for that culminating moment when it is Photon, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, kind of realizing how they can use that thing, this burden of switching spots for good as a tactic. God, that's going to be an amazing moment. And obviously Monica Rambeau, Monica Rambeau, a really cool origin story and a really cool addition to the MCU. And I think post the Marvels, she will be viewed more as like, holy shit, Captain Marvel level badass, like abilities in terms of like strength, power, energy. Right. And David, just uh, real quick. Just want to point out that uh, Thomas has Wanda and Monica on the same team uh, from a power standpoint. How did Monica get her powers? Wanda. It's right. all, it's all <laughs> WandaVision just keeps winning over and over and over again. It's a good time. David, here in the third round, you know, this is this is where we solidify a little bit here. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to finish up my team after this pick. So very interested to see who your third round pick is. So third round, um, I'm going to hold off on mental little strategy here don't don't need to pick them now you know you guys both got mental off the board so i'm gonna wait around for that and hopefully 
hit a home run with that one. So I'm going to go with the power category and I'm going to go with the incredible, incredible Hulk. Um, look, I could go with a villain here. I'm more of a hero guy. You guys know me. Uh, I'm, I'm here to pick the heroes. I want my team to be full of heroes and gamma radiation, whatever you want to call it, whatever is going to be running through the blood of this character. The Hulk <laughs> is one of the most powerful characters in Marvel history and within the MCU. Now, in the MCU, obviously, he's become this kind of, you know, put the brain and the bronze together, right? This this whole thing. But I, I'm picking more so the Hulk Hulk, like the fucking, yeah. you know, rage monster, of holy Ultron. shit. Age of Ultron Hulk. I think that's a really good way of putting this. Um, and it's just there's when you think of Marvel, when you think of the MCU, and you think of the biggest, baddest, strongest dude, you maybe think of Thor, but you also think of the Hulk, right? Absolutely. The Hulk is that rage monster. He is that little. I always love the uh in the original Avengers movie. God, the Hulk is so well done in the original Avengers movie. Bruce Banner into the Hulk. Perfect. Just that scene with Tony poking him with the little screwdriver and being like, hmm, nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And I just love that that like unnerving, which which we kind of lost now in the MCU, but previously with the with the standard Bruce Banner to Hulk alter ego, right? That like nervousness, right? And you really sense that in the original Avengers movie of like when it finally is Rage Monster time, this dude could kill you like that. Right. Like it would be it would take nothing and it's going to take nothing for it to happen. Can take down the biggest, baddest things and go toe to toe with really anyone. And it's just a badass character. I love him in Ragnarok, too, where he's just he's just become an evolved version of that Hulk. Right. It's not the brain mm -hmm. and the bronze, but it's still this badass in the arena <laughs> like Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I can conjure spells while also beating the shit out of someone as Hulk. And that's the thing, like like you in this Super Scroll scenario, and we saw a little bit in Secret Invasion, which I think was, yeah, you know, I, I wish they didn't take all the characters, right? Like, like I wish they didn't just put everybody in there. But I am happy that if if I if they would have narrowed it down to four, I think Hulk would have been a really cool choice because you get all the benefit without any of the you know the takeaways of the non-controlling of it all but i think that is such a cool part of the hulk in the mcu but also mostly in the comics is what's awesome about him he does get stronger as he gets more angry and it's just such an awesome character device and it's why the hulk is you know one of the top four most famous and popular marvel characters of all time outside of the mcu is because it, it's such an awesome way to tell a story where you have this strength rage monster that you want to be that so, you know, he can help your team, but the farther he goes, the harder it's going to be to bring him back. And also the stronger he gets as he goes down the line. So, you know, it's a, it's a risk reward. It's a gambler superhero is what it is. The Hulk, uh, Thomas in the Marvel cinematic universe, what is your favorite Hulk fight? Ooh, there's some good ones, man. There's, there are so many good ones. I mean, shout out incredible Hulk, the abomination fight in mm -hmm. Brooklyn. That is just fantastic oh the sonic clap is Thunder one of my clap, favorite dude. things dude yeah one of my favorite things um i am super biased on this it's probably the contest of champions on sakar just seeing both of them without without need of tampering their energy without mm -hmm. having to worry about in a sense they just fight and exactly. it's pretty much to the death uh it, it gets stopped short of death uh because you know uh, uh, jeff goldblue wanted to, to have some fun so uh <laughs> such a fan I, of the sport 
<laughs> yeah. Just, yes. How's it feel? I'm just a fan of the sport. Uh, so I, good, dude. I love, I love that fight. There's so much going on in that scene that just makes it so fun to watch and also it's just the, the powers unmatched there and as soon as david said he was going strength i went oh i fucked up i should have mm-hmm. picked but i should have picked hulk while i had the chance i don't know oh, yeah. i don't know that's definitely that's a debate right there that is a debate thor and hulk yeah well i don't i mean they're both off the board they're the only two i had in my strength oh category, i see what you're saying is what i mean i should have mm. i should have grabbed hulk really quick oh i see i see I and see. say they were the only two you had you definitely should have taken i was not <laughs> thinking I know. there's a good there's like, a good one left i would say I'm, at least on my board i agree yeah i've got I've whoa, got whoa, whoa save it save four it, save it save or five save written it. down <laughs> now as we've talked more about other characters i've i've re i've remade a new list for that well i but, like um, thomas's approach we've noticed my each each one of my categories, I don't have any crossover with characters. And I like how Thomas is like, oh, let me see this character. How many categories can I fit it into and then go from there, which I think is an interesting way of approaching the draft. It, it's a fun way to have the conversation, make the argument. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. What is the most beneficial use of what's the character? best way of using them? Yeah, right. It's good stuff. It's exciting. Um, my favorite Hulk fight is Avengers one because it it is just such a great Thor moment and such a great Hulk moment. Um. Like, like when he's chasing after Natasha, it is genuinely terrifying. It's our first time seeing the new Hulk, and it is just so terrifying. But when he gets that first punch on Thor, wipes the blood and smiles, finally, someone worth fighting. And it's just <laughs> yes. such a good fight. Oh, I love it. Um, I love the pick. Hulk, can't believe he lasted the third round, if I'm being honest. That felt like a first round pick. Um, which, you know, it's, it's great value there in the third. So I'm going to round out my team, and I'm very excited because I have the Spidey sense, the coolest superpower. I have the 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 foundation of my character is the strength of Thor. So I'm able to go toe-to-toe with everybody else here, at least from a physical standpoint. So my next two picks, I'm going strictly, how can I make this character as cool as possible? So I'm going to speed, speed and elusiveness first. And I'm going to phase four. Because I think that there is a speed elusiveness power that was introduced in phase four that is just so exciting. And I and I don't think it's the character you guys are thinking of here because it's not a speedster. No. This is not going to be a speedster that I'm picking. I'm picking somebody who is able to take flight. I think he's going to be the only other character that can fly on this board. I think he can get through the air pretty quickly. He's also got some moves underwater. Taking Namor. Give me those tiny wings on his feet, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, wow. Give me, okay. give me yes. this godlike character with the strength of Thor and the spidey sense to evade everything. But with that uh, running back style movement, we saw in Wakanda forever when he's going through that valley, taking the left, right, left, right approach, you know, uh, mm. the American Ninja Warrior, that first platform level. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like just the way he moves, they made such a silly thing. So incredibly cool he's able to move quickly he's able to move through the air he's able to move through the water i just think it's such an awesome additive to the spidey sense that i have it's it's a good um complimentary to spidey sense name more is that where you guys thought i was going uh with all speed and elusiveness off the board now we can kind of talk a little more openly what who'd you guys think i was going at first i thought you were gonna go makari our girl our lord and savior the real flash the greatest flash then you said flight, and I was like, "Oh, he's going Icarus." Mm-hmm. I thought Adam Warlock. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. See, a lot of options. There's so many options. <laughs> phase four, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I just think that it fits better with my, with my Spidey sense. I just think it's such a cool thing to have that that quick twitch flight yes. from Namor. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really fun to see. Dude is a juke master. Well. Juke master all day. Like that dude's 100%. got LaShawn McCoy level jukes. 100%. Ah, hey, we don't talk about LaShawn McCoy on this podcast. What are we doing? Come on. Yeah. He's an enemy of the Marvel state. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> you guys I know the like, interview. I was thinking, like, why did he? What did he do to the Colts? <laughs> spoiled in game. Oh, He's spoiled in game. Yeah, no, he I, also beat us in Buffalo in the snow game. But um, yeah. Um, but um, he had a great interview with Pardon My Take uh, yeah, just last week, where they asked him, like, "Hey, so like, you know, you played on spoiling any movies uh, going down?" And he just talked about how bad he felt about it because, like, he just didn't know. <laughs> I love how he spelled Tony like Katarius Tony too with an yeah. E. Come on. Of course he did. But um, he said like his son is now like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s now. And his and his son is bringing it up all the time. Like, I cannot believe you spoiled it again. I can't believe you did. That. <laughs> like, it's such an offense. Very funny. But um, yeah, I got a juke master. I just think I just think it's a very cool thing to add with Spidey sense. So I have I have my. I have my physical character. It's the strength of Thor. It's his speed and flight ability of Namor. And he's got that spidey sense rounding it all out. So how am I going to compete with the energy side of things? How am I going to compete with the chaos magic or the Doctor Strange mystic arts that you guys uh, or the spectrum powers that you guys have brought to the table? Another phase four pick. And I think going to be the most out of left field pick that we have on this board. Angelina Jolie's Athena. Give me the weapons master. Give me the ability to conjure any weapon I can think of, including shields, and take down anybody with cosmic power. It is such a cool visual throughout that entire movie. The wireframe powers of the Eternals, and I don't think it looks any cooler or acts any cooler than with Athena. With the strength of Thor, the flight and speed abilities of Namor, with the Spidey sense, being able to whip up a weapon at any time, I just think is such an awesome prospect. Huge fan. Give me Thena's, uh, what do we even call it? Weapon Master Powers. Weapon Master Powers. I love that. That's a really good call. And I think what's been cool about this draft, I think in several ways, I would say, you know, Ghost, even Spider-Man, where we're focusing on, right, what is that cool ability? You know, like mm -hmm. these characters can be cool, some way more popular than others. But what really is, what would be a power, a superpower, that thing we would want to complement our super scroll. And I think that's a really cool idea. You know, I think, um, you know, sometimes we don't get a ton of weaponry in the MCU. And right. this is a really cool example of that, where it is using that energy kind of magic, right? However you want, however you want to define magic, you know, um, which is always a cool concept within the MCU. So, yeah, I oh, love cool. the pick and I, I like your team overall. It's a cool It'd be a tough battle, I would say. It would yeah. be a tough, it would be a tough yeah. out getting through your guy. I don't have any long range uh to me, but that's why the name or like I could be in your face pretty quick and out pretty quick. I know video game players, you know, really prize that being able to get in, get out in a lot of ways. Um uh Thomas, who's your favorite eternal? Mm, that's a great question. From a power standpoint, let's say, you know, let's take the characterization out of it. Uh, from a power. Why is it Thenoid? It's actually Makari. Uh, for that so same cool. for the get in, get out. But she can, you know, 
Icarus was like OP, right? No one could stop him but Makari. Makari could. It was just because he couldn't keep up with her. And just the, the sonic beatdown was just, oh, God. So Man. good. So Such good. great scene. Such great scene in that movie. It's insane. It's, it's so good. And she crushes it. The fact that she also is like signing the entire movie, it just adds depth to her ability to run. Because now she's deaf. She doesn't have to worry about the sonic, the sonic sound boom. of her ear. So I think that's a great combo for that character. Absolutely. Very cool. I'm glad I got the in here. Plus, I mean, come on, guys. It's Angelina Jolie. I got Chris <laughs> Hemsworth and Angelina Jolie on the same team. Come on, can't beat it. Uh, David, round out your team here with your mental abilities. Who we got running the ship upstairs for this very strong team that you have? <laughs> Look, I could go with maybe someone with some kind of like ability mentally or something like that, right? Some kind of magic. I got some good options here. I'm going with the mental guy, the brain I want in the MCU. And that is Tony Stark. Rip my boy, Tony Stark. Give me Iron Man. I don't care if he had the suit. <laughs> he doesn't need the suit now, baby. We've got mm-hmm. that brain. We've got those quick quips. I'm even thinking, you know, I got his head. He, I got his personality a little bit too. And that really would be fun with my team. This is like a crazy multiversal version of Tony Stark where it's like, hey, you get blessed with the power of the gods. What are you going to do? And here's my Tony Stark, essentially. So yeah, he is the, I would say, he is the IQ guy, the genius of the MCU that we have seen, right? I mean, he right. created his own suit. He is a great tactician. He is a great inventor. He, he he invented an entire new element in Iron Man 2. What was whatever that was exactly? So cool, so badass. I love getting a guy like Tony Stark on my team, especially that brain of his. Like I mentioned, a great tactician. Pretty much every plan he's come up with in terms of like the Avengers movies, it's always been a step ahead and he's been able to outthink his enemies to a certain extent unless his outthinking in terms of creating Ultron has screwed him over, right? Where he mm-hmm. almost outthought himself and really him his mental has been the journey of the first three phases of the MCU in many ways. And I also just feel like he's such a great engineer he figured out how to time travel, you know, how how wouldn't I want that on my team? Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to get Tony Stark here in the mental side, even though there's a lot of other very fun options now that, you know, mental is fully off the board. Absolutely. And I think that it's going to play great on the graphic, you know, just having the intelligence of Tony Stark. This is the Batman pick. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any superpowers except for his money and his yeah. brands. And it's yeah. very cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're going to go the IQ route for mental, I think that is the way to go. Um, I Now, brings up the debate. Who's the smartest character in the MCU? I'm taking Shuri every day of the week, um, right. personally. But it's it's the, um, the engineering side of it, the inventiveness of Tony Stark that I think is a really you know powerful tool with your other powers. To, to bounce back off Shuri... She's certainly on my list, right? And maybe an IQ test, she wins. I just feel like we've seen it more in the MCU of Tony Stark for obvious reasons, you know? And and I think I almost could, just just now drafting him, thinking about who I'm going to draft, I could point to more things that I've seen Tony Stark do that really used his brain than I could Shuri, even though, obviously, my queen, she should probably be in this draft. And this goes into the debate of, you know, it'd be really interesting if this, if we had like, eight people on this draft <laughs> what kind of weeds we would have gotten exactly. into you know it would have taken yeah. three hours but <laughs> what kind of weeds <laughs> we would have gotten into 
Well, we've never done that. Uh, Thomas, just to keep with the theme, what is your favorite Tony Stark IQ moment in the MCU? He invents something. He figures something out. What? What is he leans back in his chair? What is your favorite leans back in his chair moment for Tony Stark in the MCU? Shit. Yeah, it works, Fuck yeah, dude. It's so good. Ninety-eight point seven percent, right? I think is what it is. Ninety-nine point like, seven eight. 90, uh, exactly. Near, near zero. Clearly watches. Yeah, yes, near zero. Well, what more do you want from theory alone? Zero. Okay. Well. Such a good movie. That's a that's a great pick. I you know uh, my brain did what it, my brain does, and it was just like I want this power. I want that power. I want this power. Uh, and here I am looking at Tony Stark with probably the most dangerous powers combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with, you know, what I don't even know what to call just the scroll amalgamation that Matt's built over here. That's pretty, pretty intense. And I'm looking at my team. It's, it's a good it's a good one. It's a good word and a good mm-hmm. skill to have. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm I'm literally looking at my my squad here. I got, you know pop in and pop out of reality, phasing in, phasing out with Ghost. I've got the chaos magic of the mental side of it with Wanda. So, you know, have fun, Tony Stark. You're going to kill yourself again. Uh, And then I got the spectrum power of Monica Rambo, which, you know, absorbs energy as well as you. I don't know if it uses it out. We haven't seen it enough, but definitely absorbs energy and she can do some of her own blast. And now I'm like, well, I got to compete with the strength of Thor and the strength of Hulk. That's a tough, that's a tough gimmick uh that's that's tough to to live up to um because i am sitting here and i have too many options i'm gonna vamp myself through we've got you know my girl she hulk i love a good green girl um she (laughs) she's missing something though thomas isn't she i have no idea where you're going with this beatus joke no, it was a Star okay. Wars joke. Okay, I thought it was too. Okay, I thought it was a penis joke. Yes. Oh, Green Girl, because the thing. She, she is missing. The, <laughs> yes, she's missing Leku. Also, did thing. not think Hannah would make her way into this conversation. Yeah, I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you you really threw me for a loop on that one, David. I'm flustered. No, we're not <laughs> reckless. It would have it would have definitely sinked if we were on that pod. Yes. Yeah. I'm also incredibly attracted to Hera. By the way, I just want to point that out. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, I just think she is incredibly hot. Have you seen the original <laughs> theatrical cut of Return of the Jedi? No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Your whole world. Oh, changed. oh, the, the, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> whole world. You're getting deep. Your whole I, world. I like Hera. This is why I brought this up. I like up, her for Matt. a personality. I, I opened up this box. <laughs> let's, let's close the box. Let's put it right, back into right. Pandora's box. Uh, another green girl, Gamora. Mad strength. Mm. Can survive a lot. Um, fiercest woman in the galaxy. Fiercest woman in the galaxy. Oh, the thing she could do to murder people. It's what you want <laughs> on your team. Um, her sister Nebula has a great physical situation. She's just as str- maybe not just as strong as Gamora, but she breaks. She fixes herself, which so I cool. think <laughs> which is kind of great if you're fighting someone like Thor and Hulk strength, right? You just snap all your limbs back in. Oh God, that made me queasy thinking about it. I've done it before. <laughs> Uh, then there's Icarus, the boring Superman. Superman of this here MCU. Uh, which it's it's Still fine. A good pick. It's a great pick. <laughs> it's just it's Icarus. Abomination also good in the, on the strength realm. But then I thought, what about Groot? 
Mm -hmm. Groot is a very strong person. Groot has a physical ability to outstretch, to reach out a little bit more. Also, possibly with age gets larger and larger and larger and larger until it's alpha Groot. Um, And also has a regenerative ability. And I... I am going to go ahead and go full Gravik here and pick Groot. Yeah. Which I will say, if you noticed what I was doing in my strength category, it was all ladies. I was get, trying to, I was like, I like that idea. I'm going to get an all lady team. Who said there's not a lady Groot? Who that's, says? That's, that's, that's my, uh, my rounding out. But I 100%. mean, the, the ability to stretch out like cap, uh, like Mr. Fantastic, which I could have argued Mr. Fantastic just from, Hundred uh, percent multiverse of madness, but I I don't want to get spaghetti too fast. Within not good on the graphic, it's not good on the graphic. <laughs> it's really bad on the graphic. <laughs> so, uh, but I love the idea of reaching out and then being able to build an entire wall to yep. protect everybody and hold them in. Like you seatbelt people, that's amazing. It's cool. And you know, I I was gonna try and sneak in extremists so that if you died, you just come back to life. But right. um. It's not going to survive a photon blast. So there's that. I thought I did that math too in the head. So I'm going to round out Very my quickly. Team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to die super fast. I'm going to, I'm going to round that out with Groot. You know, uh, what, what is the actual name of what mm. it is? They had, it's like Flora something, something. Yeah. Um, looking it up right now. Yeah. Flora Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so it's so it's, dirty. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it's it's so good to have. Also, shout out Colossus while we're here. Um, Absolutely. Big, Trust me. We're gonna do this draft again in a few years. And it's gonna be oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna be wild. much more fun. Yeah. Um Groot, Groot was the very next on my list for strength, for sure. Mine Thomas was just Thanos. realized something. Thanos. Okay, yeah. I mean, t- I, yeah. I, I was thinking about Thanos as well, but I, I wanted more than just the strengths aspect of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did just realize like mental, I could have snagged uh, Baldy earlier. Yeah, That's I was right. like, he's I was like, he's not in the MCU because I totally forgot he was in Multiverse of Madness. I, I Easily whoops. the biggest omission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, Look, I guess the the MCU version that we saw. I don't know. I just don't feel like. Like you said, Matt, if we do this like again when the X-Men are properly in the MCU, it'd be more of a, I don't know, mm-hmm. a proper proper respect to yeah, who yes. Professor S, a little cheap. X is. Yeah. A little cheap. It's a little cheap yeah. to me. Like the, is, the, yeah. the, the, the Earth 838 characters can kind of go fuck off. So oh, we see yeah. that we'll fight. I love it. <laughs> I think the, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's, I, fi- I'm saying for this draft. Like okay. I wasn't gonna yeah, consider yeah, them. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, no, it's cool seeing them, but Eh, for yeah. the, for the like proper yeah. MCU characters, you know they don't exist. Getting MCU, back to Groot, so. I think it's a great pick. I think it's a unique strength pick. You know, you know, like yeah, me and me I and like David, it. and this is kind of what I was trying to get at earlier. Me and David are strong. Yes, like yeah, we're both very strong. Uh, David has the advantage of like the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets, kind of thing. And mine is the godlike of it all, right? But you have a very unique strength to it. You know, what I mean, there's. There's no one out there saying Groot can't withstand the strength of Hulk or Thor, and he's got mm-hmm. the regenerative thing now with that. I loved where Secret Invasion was going with the original Super Scroll formula because yeah. they found they couldn't do the Fantastic Four. They found MCU alternatives for all of those powers. Groot was the Mr. Fantastic version of the Super Scroll, and I thought that was so clever and awesome. The extremists with the Human Torch. 
so clever and awesome. Uh, what what else am I forgetting here? Uh, I don't was, remember. Uh, the Call Obsidian was oh, the yes. the tankness of it with the yeah. thing, and then um, the ice monster. Obviously, not an invisible woman situation. Should have been ghost, but um, they got her now. Reg- exactly. Regardless, I think the Groot is a unique, fun pick that is going to be appreciated in this draft. Um, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are our four build a super scrolls. Um, do you guys like Build a Bear? I was a huge fan of Build a Bear when I was. I have a, a Colts one. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Um, so let me go through the teams real quick. Thomas took the strength of Groot, the speed and elusiveness of Ghost, the mental chaos magic powers of Wanda Maximoff, and the energy powers of Monica Rambo, aka aka Photon. David, you took the strength of Hulk. You took the speed and uh, flighting ability of Captain Marvel. You took the IQ of Tony Stark and the magic of the mystic arts from Doctor Strange. I took the strength of Thor, the speed and elusiveness of Namor, the spidey sensibilities of Spider-Man, and the weapon master abilities of Athena. It's very exciting times. Does anybody have any honorable mentions in any of the categories that uh, did not get taken. Anything that was kind of next on your list. I just have one one shout out. And then we can head out of here. It's just Rocket Raccoon under Mental. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think to me. I was almost hoping that it would be different. I guess mental characters chosen. And then I, I would like get to take him in a sense. Because right. he's a sleeper. right? It's like fantasy. It's like there's a guy that you take in the fifth round. That you love. But you want to take him in the fifth round. Not mm-hmm. in the third round let's say. Mm-hmm. So. Rocket is one of those guys, especially after Guardians 3. He's brilliant, especially like the Lego master builder of it all. That's so badass. And I would love that kind of ability um, on my team. So to me, he was like a sleeper pick that if, you know, this was like that three hour, super long version of the draft would be like a really, I think, good value pick later on. For sure. Thomas. Uh, Pietro, uh, yeah. we we always forget about good old Quicksilver and he, the reason that he was as low as on my list as it was is because Thor's strength alone and his ability to move as fast as he is with that power, he is able to still move inside of Pietro's speed just enough to uh, stop him at times. Yeah. Um. So it's you know he's not Superman where he's just looking at him like what's going on in there. It's more of just. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's that's Superman. That's how he sounds. Yeah, that's head. how Superman talks. That's sure. exactly for how sure. Henry Cavill talks. Right, David? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, yo, what's going on over here? I'm Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying here. I'm flying here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think Quicksilver Macari, people are going to see speed and elusiveness and be like, what the hell? But mm-hmm. we each got flight and you got the teleportation, you know phase in and out of it all we just took a different route we took mm-hmm. the elusiveness route not so much the speed route except for david's flight of course um yeah. black panther also in speed and elusiveness i think would have yeah. been really cool Thought i know that. he doesn't get the sneakers but he does sneak a lot which is dope um in the mental category a lot of eternal eternals library here druig the mind control could be cool fastos mm-hmm. making all the yeah. tech um as he does also very cool and then um, Cork was the only strength one that I was surprised didn't get picked just because the uh, invul- invulnerability of it all. You know, I'm mid rock, you know, it's, it's not going to happen that much. Nope, there's some right there. Um, but guys, this is a very fun draft. Very fun. I, time. Have, I have two more actually for mental. One was Riri Williams oh, yeah. because of very obvious reasons. And then yeah. Sam Wilson for the tactical strategy side of things. Because I think plan, he's a- Sam. 
Exactly. I think he's a better tactician than Steve Rogers uh, in the way that plans work out while he's running it. So uh, I like that idea, but I, I didn't need that. No, and I watched Civil War just two nights ago or whatever, and when it comes down to it, Steve calls on Sam to call the play, which is very yeah. cool, very awesome Easter egg moving forward. Um, but that's our team. We're going to get the graphics made. We're going to do those fun little build-a-player graphics. I'm very excited to make those tonight. Um, and uh, we will get this out there. Please go out to the MCU Direct Twitter uh, page and vote, and it's going to be very exciting. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today over on LTA with our own jrb um what do you guys got going on coming up what what should people be looking out for for lights thunder action we are trying to get our damn schedules to align because i i have way too many things going on so we can discuss barbenheimer and probably argue about secret invasion because jrb loves it and i am whelmed i'm not even whelmed by it i'm underwhelmed by it as a lot of us are so that would be a great discussion uh we're just down to special events over there at lta these days um well just because time this is not enough of it if i could astral project i could get so much more done in my life sure sure uh but the reckless crew we are ramping up we are uh david how you doing with your rebels first watch uh it's still work in progress Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's waiting to hit play on episode one i if i could astral project (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that'd be great Good old buddy, old pal. You got uh, exactly 24 days, I think the count is, from today to get done. So, you know, that's like... Crank it out. We'll crank it out. I think it's actually like... I think, yeah, I think it's two episodes (laughs) a day at that point. So, uh, but we're getting... We're ramping up to Ahsoka. And this week, I'm actually doing a Thrawn special with some friends who have read all the books. We've all read different versions of the books. All watch Rebels. We're all deep in the lore and we're going to try and break down who this character is for the world and get it out there because our favorite blue boy is coming to live action and his eyes are the peak of his design so far in live action. And I cannot wait to hear his voice. That's probably more important to me than anything else right now is what does he sound like? Because it's so unique both in the books because I listen to audiobooks. I never learned how to read and in um the show of rebels he's just so melodic slow artistic and i'm really excited to see how large changes it for live action it's good stuff man yeah and you know we're going to cover ahsoka here on this podcast but we will be referencing the wreckers rebellion over and over to get an even further deep look into it david will be there thomas will be there along with our boys jack pews and klein felt thank you so much for coming on thomas david thank you so much for everything today next week we get into the sewers, man. We're gonna eat some pizza. I'm I'm bringing a pizza to the reporting. I will be eating a pizza while we record our view of <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I have seen it. It is fantastic. I cannot wait to review it next week. But until then, we'll see you next time. Love, Small town